Welcome to the Next Level Life and Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. Another jam-packed episode today. Today, I've got the pleasure of hosting Andrew Hewison, the Managing Director of Hewison Private Wealth. So, Hewison Private Wealth has been providing clients with advice since 1985. And it's a real treat to have Andrew here today. As you know, my job is to get inside the heads of some of the brightest people, and Andrew is an award-winning financial advisor. And Today is more or less just going to break down, you know, how important it is to make sure you've got someone in your corner that's, you know, running the numbers and making sure that through the good and the bad times that you're going to be okay. So really excited for today's chat. Just before we get into it, I just wanted to say thank you to all of our first responders out there, all of our doctors and nurses that are on the front line helping us fight off COVID-19. They've done an amazing job and I know that without their help, we'd, uh, we'd all be a lot worse off. So anyone listening out there on the front line, thank you so much. So... The other thing, apologies in advance, my audio is terrible. We can't get into the studio at the moment with the uh, coronavirus, so bear with me. The audio from my end is pretty scratchy, but uh, it's rock solid on Andrew's end, So, and he's the one that you want to hear from most. So bear with me on my questions, but the content coming from Andrew is excellent. Pretty jam-packed, so let's get into it. Andrew, thanks for joining me today, buddy. Oh, mate, thank you very much for hunting me down. It's great to be here. So, hey, tell me, how's the, uh, how are you and the Hewson team managing the uh, isolation? Uh, look, I mean, quick, quick, quick story on that. We, um, we live in Melbourne. We live in a place called Alwood, which is sort of not too far out, out of the city. Um, and two minutes before this whole thing kicked off, we had pre- prepared our house for sale. And, um, and my, I'm fortunate that my folks have got a holiday home down on the Mornington Peninsula. So we kind of just decided to, it'd be better for the family. There's a lot more space down here. So we, we all kind of came down here about six weeks ago and, and kind of haven't left. And, um, and, and given that we're not up there, we, we kind of still decided to roll a dice and put the house on the market. So that's kind of, it's all, you know, staged and, you, you know, with a young, young family, you kind of don't want to be there messing it all up <laughs> and taking people through. So, so we're, we're lucky we're down near the beach and, um, and look, I think fortunate with business in a business sense too, that for the most part, we were cloud based. So, um, you know, we all just walked out of the office, took our laptops and, and we were cloud based on our phone system as well. So it, it is business as usual, but with 37 people all working for all, you know, all, all working individually from home. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot in our virtual meetings, um, just about how it is much more intense when you're at home because you, you bunker down in a little room, you, you're working, you're working feverishly. And sometimes you've got, you forget to take a breath, you know, in the office, it's a lot easier to go and have a chat with someone and be just have a, a nice distraction. Um, but for me, you know, I'm, I feel quite lucky, you know, with a, with a six month old little boy and a two and a half year old girl at the moment, I, you know, when I come up for breath, they're usually waiting for me to have a bit yeah. of a play. And so they're a welcome distraction and I'm, I'm getting to spend so much quality time with them. And, you know, I know we all joke about how we can't wait for our kids to go back to daycare and school, but I'm never, I'm never going to forget this time. And I'll always remember it with, you know, fond memories of, of spending time with them. So it's not too bad. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you said that. Like, you know, I think it's uh, sometimes the best gifts come out of your app and, you know, even, I'm at home alone. You might be over in here. I've got the, the it's always bad time. In the last podcast I did, no, no, no joke, I went live and my lawnmower man rocked up and he started my lawns and now I've got the cleaners here, the vacuum, <laughs> so I've, I can't, I can't pick them. But, um, but mate, in saying that, well, like exactly what you said, I know as soon as this wraps up, I'm going to have two kids who are going to run the, running the I'm working out of the garage at the moment. It may even if just go and jump on the trampoline for five, ten minutes and come back to the computer. It's just like those little those little you know, tidbits, you just can't buy that time. It's I, so I, I mean, obviously, there'd be listeners out there who are, are doing it really tough at the moment. Um, but I think that there is, you know, there is a little bit of a silver lining amongst all this and people are probably, you know, are looking at life differently. And I know that we were talking offline before, Andrew, about, you know, it's, it's probably sim- simplified all of our lives. And, you know, I, I used to think, you know, a good year would be with my wife and I. We love to travel to go... You know, last year we were lucky enough to get like heli skiing and Hawaii and Bali and like this year I'm like, I'd be over the moon if I could head down to the caravan park for a couple of nights. And yeah. I think that's been really humbling for me and I actually like that. Yeah, it, 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 the, the materialistic things um, and, and even to your point, like I mean, don't get me wrong, I, we, we love, 
we love going to all the places that you've just mentioned, but like right now, you know, you, you will give you another example. And, and, and it's also about, you know, there, there, there aren't, there aren't, because we're all at home, there aren't necessarily too, as many distractions out there for us all. As long as we can, you know, not take too much notice of the mainstream media and so forth. But, you know, I asked for an extra 15 minutes to get back onto this call this, this morning, which you kindly gave me. And to be brutally honest, you know, the reason for that was, um, you know, I went, I went down to, went down to the beach with, with the family and just went and had a play on the sand with my, with my daughter and, and, picked up shells with her and drew some pepper the pigs in the sand and stuff like that. And I left my phone in the car and I, I wound up just really appreciating like the, the formations of the, of the shells and like the colors of the shells. And it's like, yeah. hey, what's happening to me? You know, when, I mean, when, when you block out the distractions, like that's almost a form of meditation, you know, like just sitting there and not thinking about anything else than spending time with your daughter and, and, and picking up shells. And for her, that's the greatest thing on, you know, on earth right now. So, yeah, I, you know, I know what you're saying. I couldn't agree more. And I think that you can't, how do you value that? Like, I mean, you, you could talk about right now, if someone could drop a thousand dollars in your pocket or they could give, give you that last hour you had, you'd probably go with the ladder. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, depends what situation you're in, but, but let's get into it. So we're talking, tell us the Hewison story. So I know that you guys have been around since, since 2002 or 1992, how long did you go? Uh, 80, 85. I, I, 85. Call, I, I call our business the youngest 35-year-old um, business going around. Yeah. <laughs> um, because um, so, so Hewison Private Wealth, as per the name, my father, um, my father founded the business in 1985. And um, over that journey, we've, we've grown organically. Um, we we've, we haven't ever acquired any other businesses, so he started with nothing else but a phone book, um, and a and a notepad, and started calling accountants um, up and down St Kilda Road here in Melbourne, asking accountants if they would refer some business to him, and and that's really how the business started. And I mean, there's a lot of things that we would would how we would I guess market ourselves and describe ourselves and, and obviously well the first one is we're an independent business um, yep. by the letter of the law so we can we can use that we can use the term because we're free from any bias or conflicts of interest and we always have been and always will be so yep. Yep. Um, and and we're independently owned so uh, as as John my father um, you know saw a need to start a succession plan he he started with a view um, hiring advisors along the journey with a view to, to, to sell equity down, down to those people. So, and I just fell into being one of those, one of those people. Um, there's currently, um, including my father, who's now semi-retired, he chairs the board, but we've got six advisors. Um, my apologies. We've got six partners. Um, and I think we've got about nine advisors now, but, um, you know, we, we, we do say we look after sort of okay, quote unquote high, high net worth individuals. I mean, our average portfolio size that we would manage these days is about 1.2 uh, million, but we also love working and partnering with, with, with younger people who have just got a really, you know, strong goal that they want to achieve in, in, in life and, um, you know, are committed to it and disciplined to whatever plan we might, we might put to them. Um, with a view that they're going to, you know, we want to partner with them for the long term. So they're going to hopefully wind up, you know, in that high net worth space uh, anyway. Um, we, 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 we only offer wealth solutions. Um, we, we started doing um, insurance advice about two and a half years ago. And the reason for that was, um, you know, after many years of referring it out because it was a commission, it was a, you know, in our industry, it was a commission based industry. Um, and so we, a couple of years ago, we said, Oh, look, we think we can do this on a fee for service basis. And, you know, if I'm being brutally honest with you and your listeners, I mean, it's a large business opportunity that we were kind of handing off yep. other yep. people. And um, so our view on that is we, we, we just, we stick, we stay in our lane, we stick to what we're good at and we believe that's, you know, wealth advice and, and, and asset protection. Um, we're more than happy for accountants, solicitors and, and, and lending professionals 
to do their job because they're experts in what they do and we happily refer out to those, to those people. Um, I think the other key differentiator for us is um, we're providers of, of what we call um, objective-based advice, right? So, and it's, you know, a catchphrase in the market over the last couple of years has been goals-based advice. You know, that's fine. It's a bit of a marketing ploy. Yeah, um, yeah. But we don't risk profile. We, we never have. And, and every one of our clients has a bespoke portfolio. So there's no cookie cutter approach. Um, and, and we might get into this a bit later on too. But in this environment, you know, one of the things that, that it's like, I wrote a blog about this last week, like my number one investment principle or investment tip for people is to, is to where possible, always be in control of your money. And, and by that, I mean, if we can invest directly into direct ownership of companies or investments for our clients that we, we will do that. And that allows us to um, create and implement a portfolio that is specific to someone's, you know, personal goals and objectives. It's not managed necessarily by a third party, you know, who, who's managing to, you know, their own set of rules. Um, yeah. And that enables, you know, yeah, that also that enables our clients, even in this environment, when you do need to make decisions, um, you don't want to be at the mercy of what other people are doing and perhaps making poor decisions. You want to be, you want to be in the driver's seat. Do you know what, Andrew, like, I mean, I probably had the luxury of being a financial advisor and now being a client of a, a financial advisor. And I, and I love having financial advisors on, on this program because, and I just wish there was a rule where it was mandatory that, I just wish that everyone had to go and get a financial advisor because it's almost impossible. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about the rich and the poor and everyone in between, right? I just yeah. feel like if you can get the right advice, stick to a plan over a long period of time, it's impossible that you won't be in a much better position as opposed to going in alone. Um, and I love that, what you said there. I mean, the listeners out there who don't know, a risk profile is just a, um, you know, fill this out questionnaire. It's very cookie cutter. But so they're talking about objectives. So if I'm if I'm if I'm coming to see you with my wife and I'm going, well, I want to travel this much a year. Is that I want to you know retire at this point of view? I want to educate the kids like this. Is that the type of questions that you guys get into? Hundred percent, mate. Absolutely. And 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 the thing the thing about that is is that you're paying you're paying me for a service, and and that service is to achieve your goals and objectives. You go, actually you know goals and objectives is bullshit. Goals and dreams. It's your dream. Yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you yeah. want to? What what and what does financial freedom look like to you? And but for me, financial freedom, financial independence, basically means that you are continuing to to work and and earn an income out of choice, not out of necessity. So it basically means you build up an asset base that can continue to pay you a passive income and continue to grow over time, so that you don't you, you don't have to go out and do the heavy lifting on your own unless you 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 actually want to do that, and you know, I, look, as you, and I'm very, got to be very careful because as you say, I, I think, um, you know, the financial advisor space is, gets beaten up quite a bit. But at the end of the day, 99.9% .9 of advisors um, are great people with the best interests of their clients at heart. And we all might do things a bit differently. And again, we, you know, that's a point of difference. We've got, we've all got to, we've got to market our points of difference, right? Um, but if you have an advisor, and you've got a relationship, you know, to your point, you are going to be in, in, a, in a better position. And because you, you're more, you're well informed, you know, one of the, the scariest things for me in life is not knowing what you don't know. Because um, some people are out there thinking that they might be doing the right thing financially, or they might be doing the right thing from their a dietary point of view. But, but if they don't understand, and they don't have some basic level of literacy in different areas of their lives, then they might be making bad decisions, but they don't realise it. Um, and the other thing I'd say just, you know, around, you know, so, so to your point, if you came to see me with those specific goals and dreams for you and your family, but I had you fill out a risk questionnaire, which, 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 um, then dictated what kind of portfolio or investments I need to put you in. What good are those investments if they don't actually, if they're not actually going to achieve your goals and objectives? So there's got to be right. an alignment. There's got to be an alignment between, okay, let's, you want you want to achieve these things. Well, let's have a conversation about how much you've got right now, how much you're going to contribute over time. And that can be also have not just, not just about building wealth. It can also be about reducing debt because if you're reducing debt, you also are building equity, which is building wealth. 
you know, things like superannuation, which a lot of people just ignore, which I think is, 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 um, is risky. And let's just see what you've got now and, 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 and applying some kind of conservative level of earning rate. You know, is that going to be enough to, to get you to where you want to be? Yes, great. If not, well, let's have a conversation about that and work out whether you need to, whether you need to um, move the goalposts a little bit or whether we have to adjust your investment strategy accordingly. Do you know what, Andrew? I, I love it. And I, I love having guys like you on because my job is to get into that inside the head of the smartest people out there and essentially break it down for the listeners. And you know what I love about financial advice? And like you said, 99.9% you know, advice is good. But I even think even the bad ones, like it's almost, it's, it's almost not, no excuse to get ripped off anymore because a quick two-minute Google search sorts out the, you know, the duds from the good ones. But like, like what I love about financial advice is, for me, it just puts, takes the pressure off. And even if, if I'm working on a business, I have a tough day, it's like, all right, well, despite what's happening this day, this week, and especially at the moment with COVID-19, it's like, okay, I know there's a plan in place. So, of course, you know, this, you know, what's going on could change that plan. But I know at the end of the day, if I just do X or Z for over X amount of time, the, the goal is going to be achieved. And I find a lot of, you know, a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. Look, and, and I think um, it's an interesting point. I mean, I think you have people who are paying for a service have every right to be holding the service provider accountable. So during a situation like this, the um, thing is when, time, when, when, when times are good, uh, least path of resistance, you know, you know, there can be a tendency to say, look, let's not talk about the what ifs. Let's just, you know, we'll, 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 we'll form our relationship. We'll invest your money and, and away we go. But I mean, part of an advisor's obligation is to manage the expectations. And if we're just talking, you know, again, I, it, as we are, are all aware, but, but it can't be mentioned too often is that first and foremost, right, what we're dealing with right now is a health crisis. So, we all, we all, we've all got, we've all got our, our, ourselves, our families, you know, kids, etc., and and elderly parents, etc. Ultimately, the the priority is are they are they healthy and are we protecting? Are we able to protect them? Okay, that's the first thing. Obviously, the second part of this is that the, there's an economic impact here, and there's a there's a market impact, and whether it's whether it's a pandemic or a, or a global financial crisis. Um, People who are investing in growth assets like shares and property, they need to be educated on the fact that every seven to 10 years, something like this is going to happen and you have to be prepared and, and willing to accept that you could have 30 to 50%, um, you know, a 30, 30 to 50% reduction in the value of, of your assets. But as long as you don't sell it, you haven't lost anything. You know, you haven't lost or gained anything unless you sell. So to your point, a good strategy um, should always mean in, incorporate the fact that you're never a forced seller in any environment. You, you always have a choice. And that's when I go back to what we're saying. Whenever we see corrections like this, if you're in a managed product, a managed fund, which is where your money is pooled with other people's money. And if, if they start making um, ill-advised or irrational decisions on their money, the danger is that that can impact your money. Even if you have made a decision and you understand, look, I'm staying the course, it's a long-term plan. So that comes back to my, 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 my belief and our philosophy on having control. You, you never want to be at the mercy of others. Um, but you do have to accept the fact that every now and again, the shit's going to hit the fan and, and the value of your assets will go down. But as long as you've got a plan in place of how to work your way through it, you're going to be fine. And I love it. And what, what do you, um, cause I have different, I'm, this, you know, I have different thoughts on this. When people come on, they go, they love the ETS. They love direct shares. You know, they love property, what have you. Right. And uh, I don't think there's a bad, I don't think there's a bad option as long as you buy good quality stuff you know, and hold it in the long term. But like talking, talk us through, I want to get a little bit tactical. And I will say for listeners out there, obviously this is general advice and Andrew can't give any, or I can't, we don't know your situation. We haven't, we haven't sort of met you and know exactly what's going on. So the stuff we talk about in this podcast is, is general in nature. But Andrew, if we could get a little bit tactical for a bit, you know, and sort of saying, okay, look, 
are you only direct shares or are you okay with that sort of ETF managed fund type of thing? And, and maybe I'll grab your thoughts on property while you're there. Yeah, sure. Um, look, our philosophy, and, and again, as I said earlier, um, we've all got our points of difference, you know, and, and at the end of the day, we believe a certain, in a certain way, but um, we're not 100% direct. Um, but I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of, of how we do things in, in the Australian, in the Australian share space, we believe that we can get adequate, um, adequate research, um, from various independent sources out there on, on, on individual companies, uh, in the, on the Australian stock exchange. So we will construct the Australian share portfolio for our clients, share portion for our clients with direct assets. Um, you know, with, with fixed interest, we use a, a combination of, of fixed interest um, instruments. Some of them can be looked at as, as, as a managed investment, um, but they're not pooled investments. So um, our clients know exactly who they're lending their money to, exactly what rate they're getting back and exactly how long that money is going uh, to be out there for. Um, you know, in the international space, you know, Australia makes up, what, 3% of the global economy. You've got 97% of the global economy out there. There's a lot of different options. So we, we, we actually do invest in um, direct international companies um, listed on the New York Stock Exchange because, again, we've got, we believe we get good research to enable us to make that decision. But we also do use some um, managed fund providers and, um, a lot of them are actually listed these days. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, but it does give you an element, a little more, al an element of control. Um, and, um, you know, generally those listed, whether it's, you know, an, an ETF or, or an, a listed investment trust, like you are, it, it's, they, they generally don't trade at discounts or premiums. So, you're just going to buy it, even though you can get, it's just the way or the method in which you can buy it is listed instead of filling out an application form. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're, where we use a manager, we, it's an absolute return manager. So we don't, we, we, we would prefer to find someone that's got the same investment philosophy as, as, as Hewison private wealth, but apply that investment philosophy internationally. So that we don't tend to um, uh, use like an index manager because um, you know, we would prefer to use people who who are looking for quality companies that they see as yeah. being undervalued. Now, yeah. as it relates yeah. to ETFs, um, I just think that there are, there's there is there is the right time to use an ETF, um, and I don't know that I'd say there's a wrong time, but it's it's active versus passive investment approach, isn't it? I mean, I mean, right now, I, I and again, this is general advice. But, you know, if you take the view that the market has come off 30% uh, and that, you know, history has shown us generally that over time that the market will recover and generally wind up at a higher point than it was before and we're well off the highs of, of um, even off of, of a few months ago, a couple of months ago, well, buying, buying the market via an ETF um, is probably not the worst decision you could make from an investment point of view. But can I just make one other comment? Okay, so you asked me about property. Um, depending on the size of the client that you're dealing with, you know, some people have enough money to buy in direct, you know, properties themselves, like the whole yeah. asset. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and But in saying that, um, we don't have any clients that are wealthy enough to go out and buy an entire office building on their own. We don't have enough, we don't have clients that, you know, have can go and buy a Bunnings warehouse or, or something like that. So, um, we, we got, look, we got burnt during the GFC. We used to use listed property trusts. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, they, they, those companies still trade and or still own properties, but when they're listed on the stock exchange, they can act like a, a share, which means they can be bought and sold, you know, very volatile. And you don't want all parts of your portfolio necessarily being in the listed space. So Andrew, um, sure, and mate, just to jump in there for the, just for the listeners out there, so what, what, what Andrew's talking about there with the listed property trust is essentially it's a, it's a company that actually owns the, the, the operations of the company owned by 
and you know hold and sell properties with the distributions going to investors. So, are you sort of saying there, Andrew, that that you don't really have a lot of look through or control of the properties that they are buying and selling there, do you? Well, you have zero you have zero control on that, which is one. Well, it's one issue, but I think the bigger issue is anything that's listed on the stock exchange can be valued and traded during the, 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 the times that the market are open between 10 to four. And, and what can happen is, you know, if you, you accept that you have to accept that that's the method of purchasing, um, you know, listed Australian company shares and they can go up and down and sometimes they can be oversold and sometimes they can be become expensive because, you know, people are a bit overly confident um, in, in how some of the market's going. But with the property space, I mean, clients expect property. We, we, we say they expect it to act like property, look like property. And sometimes, so that generally means that it's not valued as much as the listed, they're listed, um, you know, listed peers. And so, you know, we, we made a decision um, to really keep things as simple as possible and invest our client or recommend our clients invest in, um, you know, almost like we'll call them syndications to keep it simple, which basically means that someone will come to you and say, look, we've, we've bought, we've bought an office on St Kilda road or we've, you know, we've bought an office on George street in Sydney. Um, you know, we're offering it to a number of people to invest in, invest some money into it. You're taking a very small ownership of it. We know who the tenants are. We know how long the lease is going to be in place. This is the distribution, you know, the rent we expect you to be paid. Like that's, that is a prop. That's what people expect out of property. So that's sort of, um, that's the philosophy that we've, we've had in play for the last sort of 12 years or so. Um, but I know, I'm, I know I'm dragging on a bit here, but. No, nah, not, not can, at all, man. Know, this is exactly what, this is exactly what we love. Like different perspectives. Cause there's people out there now who are sitting on cash and they want to know, they, they want to get some guidance, make this, so make fire away, mate. This is absolutely brilliant. So the bigger, the, the, the most important thing, we, you know, the, the, how we invest versus how another advisor invests, uh, it, it, it's not irrelevant, but again, it's about education. So the client people can ask their advisors or ask others the right question. But for, you know, for me and our business right now, the, the bigger, the, the, the most important thing right now is diversification. And, and so the, the, the methodology, our, our investment philosophy, right? Uh, well, not now it's, it's now and forever is we put together a, a portfolio for our clients, which again, depending on what they're looking to achieve, it could include a mix of, and I'm not, you know, it's very general, but it could, you know, of course. always keep a bit of cash. Um, potentially fixed interest, potentially property, potentially Australian shares, potentially international shares. So there's five main asset classes and then you can always drill down further and further in, in, within, within those asset classes. And, and of course, within those assets classes, you get into the weeds of how, how do you gain access? You know, is it through a managed fund? Is it direct? Is it ETF? Whatever. And, and, and I've already covered that. So, but what that means is, you know, you're always going to have, if you, so we now, I want to be, you know, keep this as simple for the listeners as possible. Um, we have what we call in the marketplace, um, a strategic asset allocation. And, and what that means is once we've established the client goals and objectives, we, we create an asset allocation that's appropriate for them. And unless their goals and objectives change or their, their situation changes, we don't deviate away from that asset allocation. And the big difference, if you want to go to the other end of the spectrum, um, that you, you would have what's called a tactical asset allocation. And what that means is you, your advisor or whoever's making the decisions, they would, they would decide and make a prediction as to what asset class will outperform in the future. And so they would say, well, we think that property might outperform next year. So we are going to take a large portion of, of, of the money and we're going to put it in property and we're going to, we're going to basically making an educated project prediction that, that that's where the returns will be. And then another year they might say, well, we actually think that um, 
that it's going to be Australian shares that are going to do the best. So we're going to take money out of property and we're going to put it over there. So that's, that's, a, that's another school of thought, uh, um, but that's not us. So what we do is we say, well, okay, you're always going to be invested in the market, um, but we're here for the long term. And if this, what we've seen in this current environment, if, if the asset allocation, if we haven't deviated from the asset allocation, what we would have been doing over the last couple of years is Australian shares, international shares would have been doing very well and we would have become overweight. So if we had 50% in Australian shares, as an example, yeah. that, that might've gone up to 60. And what that, what that then indicates to us is that, okay, we need to take some profits here because that's really shot the lights out. Yeah. Let's, let's take some profit. Let's bring it back down to 50%. Um, the other asset classes correspondingly, they, they might now, they'll have to now be underweight because, you know, the, your asset allocation has got to add up to 100. Um, let's take some money. Let's take some profit. Let's put it back into fixed interest, you know, property, whatever. Well, now what we're seeing with the correction, you know, we, we, will, we will see probably, you know, well, it's not a, the fact is in our client portfolios, we're now seeing Australian shares international have now fallen. So, so the asset allocation now says, okay, you're now underweight there. We're now overweight in other asset classes. Let's do a rebalance and let's take some profit out of other asset classes and move it back in. Because what that effectively does is without trying to time the market, just by, 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 by rebalancing and having that disciplined approach to your, to your asset allocation, you're actually selling high and buying low without having to make a prediction. It's just the, your asset allocation is telling you what to do. So that, that's, that's how we're managing portfolios in this point, at this point in time. And of course, obviously the danger of, you know, some people are very high growth and they might say, well, I, all I ever want is, is Australian shares. So what do they do in this situation? Well, I guess you have to, you have to hope that those people are also being able to, you know, maybe they've got a surplus income. So they're contributing new money, you know, in their superannuation funds, they're, They've got nine and a half percent going in, so they've always got an inflow of cash, um, and and that's the way that they can continue to gain access to to companies. You know, if they believe that that there are there are opportunities in the market right now. Yeah, I love it, mate. Thank you for that breakdown, and that's brilliant. And like, I think listening to that, Andrew, I sort of um, and I've been in the game, right? And I've been lucky enough to you know build and sell businesses, but I still wouldn't go it alone. Like, I know all that at a principal level and i just think um you know my goal in life i think if you if you're not on this planet to help other people you're, you're wasting your time right so and i just i just want to make everyone wealthy because i know not you know i know what wealth brings wealth brings time that wealth enables you to have time and happiness with the things that you want to do and i just think um i was keen to ask you right like why do you think that with all that technical information that's inside your head and inside the advisors in your office, in all your offices around Australia and the world, why do you think, I don't, you might be able to tell me the percentages of the, why, people, why not everyone doesn't have an advisor, if that, that's all being said. Is it they think it's only for the rich people, you think, mate? Or? Yeah, look, I, I do. I, and I don't, so this is, mate, this is the thing. I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers and I wish I, wish I had a better answer for this. I think, I think the... Um, I think that I believe that the percentage is about 20% of Aussies have financial advisor. I do think that, that there are a lot of people who are just trying to make ends meet as it is. And so how are they going to actually pay for an advisor? And, um, but I also think that the industry, the financial planning industry, and I don't, you know, again, there's a lot of people out there that probably don't even know, but, um, you know, we've been around for a while, but we're still we're still in it, our infancy as far as develop how we develop and 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 how we can best offer advice to people because there there has been a lot of you know with that royal commission last year and 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 our history is actually littered of advisors who have been in it for themselves a little bit too much. Whereas now, you know, the the rules have changed, the laws have changed, you know. Wealth, wealth advisors can't accept commissions. It has to be, uh, and that means that, that they get paid by the product provider, the investment provider that they place the client's money with. So the client doesn't pay them anything. Whereas obviously from 2014, 15, that changed. So, 
you know, it's now, okay, the individual is paying the advisor directly to, 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 to act in their best interest. Little, little things like that have, have are seeing our, our, what I would like to call a profession um, change. And the other big thing which Hewson of Private Wealth, we've always been super passionate about is the education standards. I mean, yeah, yeah. historically, financial advisors have been able to do a quick six-week course and then all of a sudden get employed, particularly by the banks, you know, on the front line to start providing quote unquote advice, which historically has been nothing really more than just sort of pushing products that are, that are, that are owned by the bank and they get paid incentives to do it. You know, all that stuff has now been unwound. And so it should give in, it should give um, the consumer a lot more confidence to, to, to just to, to do a Google search. Um, and in the age of, of technology, you know, look at the Google reviews, you know, look, look, and, and, even when you're talking to an advisor, you know, ask them if they can put them in touch with some of their clients that they can have a chat to and see what their experience has been like. Um, so that should start to give them a little bit, a little bit more confidence. But the other thing I think that, that, you know, financial education and financial sort of literacy is still way, way, way too low. And, and even just, and I think that's where it's the responsibility of people like you and I, and you're doing a magnificent job through this podcast. And, and we do a podcast as well, a couple of my business partners uh, called The Money Mentors. And it's, it's, it's purely about financial literacy. So we can say, oh, you know, we, we like to work with people that, you know, have got, have got money. Um, yeah, yeah. We also have a responsibility to try and educate educate the people out there so that they've got the best chance of, uh, of also, you know, getting out there and, and, and building up a portfolio to achieve their goals and dreams. So, so you know, that's on us, you know, through, through social media, you know, and we'll get to this at the end, you, you know, when I talk about how you can sort of find me, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for social media because, you know, I'm a massive sharer, you know, that's why I'm one of the reasons I'm here today. You, we hadn't even spoken on, on the phone until today, but I said, yep, I'm on because, you know, the more people that are hearing us having this conversation, knowledge is power and they're going to be better equipped now. Well, I think, Andrew, that there's two types of people in the, like, I think there's the DIY, right? Or there's the do it, you know, there's the outsourcing. And if I, if I needed the deck built at the back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start and I would outsource it. Um, but, you know, my father-in-law, he wouldn't let anyone near his, his uh, backyard, right? He'd do it himself. But I just look at advice and I go, unless you have the information, the time, um, and the confidence that you can do it right, like I, and I don't know what your fees are and I won't ask you, but I've spoken to enough advisors to, you know, even if we just did an average number said, listen, if you have an advisor for 20 years, right, and you're paying five grand a year, that's going to cost you $100,000, right? Which sounds like a lot, but I would, I would bet that the advisor would be over a 20 year period would be able to multiply your wealth by three or four, maybe even 10 times. So you, it's a, the investment, and I, I, I prefer to say, investment as opposed to fee you know yeah. I, I hope it doesn't sound like i'm plugging andrew's business um too much but i just know that the guys have been around you know for a long time and i know that andrew you, you're an award-winning advisor so but i just um i'm only but whether, just on just on that tony sorry to interrupt mate but but i mean it it's not appreciate what you said it's not just about hewson private wealth i mean you, you you can go on whether it's us or anybody else like uh you know arm yourself with a bit of knowledge from what we've talked about today and, and, and go and speak to any advisor, but just, you know, sort of hopefully you can, you know, um, you can direct, you know, your questions to, to sort of make you to, to make your decision. Um, so I've completely yeah. lost my, I've no, lost my train of thought there, I, but oh, that's the other you're... thing. No, what I was going to say was to your point around the investment of, you know, and, and the, the, the costs, I mean, every, everything is an investment. You know, I invest in a builder to go and build that deck. He's going to charge me to do it, but it's an investment because I'm going to get a result, but it comes down to value. This is the thing, my people, particularly when we're talking about superannuation funds and it's all about, uh, you know, it's all about low cost, uh, and, and performance and, and so forth. But there's so many different reasons why people engage with an advisor. And, and one of them, and, and it's times like this where we, we really earn our stripes because people 
act with their hearts, not their heads. They act with emotion. And that is the worst thing you can do when it comes to making investment decisions. And there's a tendency right now, and, and we had more of this through the GFC because now people have been with us for a lot longer. They've seen it all, but our clients, that is. Um, but, but, but there are people still out there right now that saying, I can't hack this anymore. My portfolio has fallen by 30, 40%. Um, I'm cashing in. Now, you and I both know that, that right now what you would prefer to be doing is buying quality companies right now that are down 40%. If you wanted to buy them eight weeks ago when they were 40% worth 40% more, why would you not want to buy them today? But, but the, your emotions are like, oh God, I can't handle this roller coaster. So my point is, you know, part of what we get paid to do is, is, um, is, to, is to talk our clients sometimes, you know, back off the cliff and say, hey, that's not a great idea and that's going to be to your detriment for a long period of time if you, if you, if you, don't, if you don't listen to us. Um, and, and so that's value. That's like, well, what, what do you want from an advisor? Well, I want them to guide me through these times of uncertainty. You know, I, there's, I, I expect them to have the knowledge and the expertise to invest my money and to provide strategies. But sometimes I need support in other areas and that's what I'm willing to pay for. And that's value. Love it. I love it, mate. It, it, mate, you couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And uh, mate, talk, what I wanted to ask you, I know you've got the kids, mate, and so I won't, I won't hold you up and I'll probably have some screaming kids there. They want me to print off some uh, bluey pictures for them so they can colour in. So uh, <laughs> um, they, they think it's, they, they love it. Dad's at home, so I've got printers, so they're just coming on and uh, hitting me up to, to download. They think I can just download anything with you. <laughs> but, um, but mate, before I let you go, look, I, we've, we've spent a large chunk of this podcast talking about finance, but you know, I, I believe that finance is, is the key to living a great life. But like, whether it's professionally or, or with clients or personally, like, talk to me about, you know, not the X's and O's of finances, but what you've seen it do for the lifestyles of, you know, either yourself or, or clients that you've worked with over time. And, and I think that's the whole key, right? No, no one really cares about what their portfolio is worth, but they care that they can travel to that place or pay for yeah. that thing for their kids, right? Yeah. So what's, is that why you do it, man? Is that why yeah, you mate. It? Oh, God. Okay. So I love this question. Um, you know, I'm, I think you touched on it before. Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't smart enough to, to, uh, to be a doctor. Um, and, and look, there are, there, um, there are plenty of um, career paths and career choices that, that, that people can make, you know, that, that can allow them to, to make a difference. Um, um, but for me, you know, when, when, when I tapped my, when the footy career didn't, didn't uh, pan out the way I, I hoped for, mate, I, I, I tapped my father on the shoulder uh, about six months before I was about to take off on my, you know, two year journey, you know, over, over in Europe. And I said, oh, I said, oh, I, I wouldn't mind coming and saying exactly what you do and just sort of, you know, deciding whether it's for me or not. And, and I think within six weeks I'd started my studies. Um, and you know, I did go and do my, my overseas thing, but, but 18 months later I came home and jumped back into the same seat and, and kicked off from there. And I think, you know, to be able to sit in front of someone and, and, and have, see them, you know, with a look on their face that, that, you know, they come in, so concerned, you know, I think finance and, and financial issues are like in the top three or top five people, um, um, top five stresses in people's lives, just under health. Um, and to be able to have a conversation with someone and sit in front of them and say, Hey, I, I can help you achieve those goals and dreams that you've, that you've got written down there. Um, or to, have conversations with them in times like we're going through at the moment and say, Hey, everything's going to be okay. And I, I and I can show you why, um, and see that weight lift off their shoulders. I mean, I, I, I walk away feeling so, so good about myself that I've been able to help someone and, and our company, um, you know, we don't, we, we don't necessarily have a mission and vision anymore. We've got a client commitment statement and that, um, and, and that is, partnering with you to assist in achieving your long-term goals and dreams because because that's why we get out of bed every day 
you what, it doesn't have to be much more complicated than that, does it? Like, no. If you, you can just end up just finding a partner, because um, I think one of the things that I uh, love what advisors do, Andrew, is helping you realise those goals and dreams. I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there now who are just, they don't even, they haven't even stopped to think about what their goals and dreams are. And I hope this um, isolation period has helped a lot of people to just, yeah, you know, what well, well, I've, you know, I've been grounded for one way or another. It's not ideal, but hold on a second, maybe this is my chance, like, to actually yeah. stop to think about was the trajectory of the life that I was sort of going towards, was that exactly what I wanted? And, and uh, I just think that the world's going to come out of this a better place and purely because people will have finally had a chance to do that self-audit and go, oh, shit, you know what? Thank God I've had a chance to stop because that, that wasn't going to end out real well, wouldn't end up real well for me, the way I was going. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, look, you've, you've touched on another pretty um, point that I'm, a, a point I'm passionate about. And I've spoken sort of uh, in front of some audiences about this, uh, about um, life, your, like I call it life by design. You know, so many people come to us at the age of, say, like 55, kids are paid for, you know, school fees and mortgages paid off and they've maybe left, they've, they've left the nest. Maybe even 60-odd people get to the age of 60 and they're like, okay, all right, now, now it's about me. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. um, hang on. I, I want to retire in three years. Have I got enough money? You know, and, 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 some, and sometimes we have to tell people they've got to work for longer than they want to because they don't. Now, so to your point um, and, and to what, what I was, you know, that life by, by design concept is that our, our destinies are all in our, in our own hands. We, we can control that, this. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's like, well, I, I want to have financial freedom. I want to have whatever these goals and objectives are. I want these goals and dreams by the age of 45 or 55. Um, and it's like, okay, well, work, let's, let's work backwards from there and go, well, what does that look like? What, is, what does Nirvana look like to you? What sacrifices, if you wanted to get there right now on, on your current salary and your current structure in life, what sacrifices would you have to make because everything's a compromise in life. You can't have everything. Yeah. What sacrifices yeah. would you have to make if it meant that you could retire or not? I don't like the word retire, but if you could reach financial freedom 10 years earlier and therefore it's like, all right, well, maybe I don't need to spend that much money on, 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 on my cars now, or maybe I don't need to spend this much money on this, that, like whatever it might be. But, but, but if I invested that extra 20 grand a year, the compounding nature of that over time could see me have the ability to be able to, 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 to have that financial freedom um, much earlier. But even if it's just breaking it down by, geez, I'd really like to go away on a surf trip to X, Y, Z. I'd really like to take my family to Disneyland. Um, well, everything has to have a plan. You don't just get there by, you know, if you get there, sometimes it can be just by accident. But if you're like, well, that's the goal. It's one year away. It's two years away. Let's work back from there. What do we need to do right now to make sure that, that the goal is just a, t a box ticking exercise? You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a dart at a dartboard. It's actually, no, I, we're gonna, if I do this, I'm going to get there. And that's, that's empowering for me, to, 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 for me personally, hugely empowering. And that is everything. I think um, people don't, like you, you sort of, said that very nonchalantly about retiring 10 years earlier, but I think you've got to think about that. If you just boil that down to a day, you know, middle of winter, that's just that you don't have to set the alarm clock. You don't have to put your uniform on. I think people, um, I'll just love the, the way government and go, shit, well, hold on a sec. This, this is cool. This is exciting. They're, you know, even if I could retire freaking one year earlier or three years yeah. earlier, like, or, or, I mean, I personally have a philosophy, but I don't, you know, I think they, they need to get rid of the retirement word out of dictionary. I've got a different view on that in terms of, you know, find your lane, right? And, you know, I sort of have a little bit of a the goal of mine, right? I love working at Andrew, but I sort of reckon that, you know, I, I, I would work seven days a week if I wasn't married with any of that kids, that I, I think. But um, yeah. I reckon if you sort of, a lot of my clients used to say, get me to 60 and I'm out. And, and it was because they didn't like what they did, right? So... I would love for people to go, I mean, this is a finance and life podcast. And I think finance is great, but if you're not enjoying your life, well, you know, you don't want to be the, you know, the, the richest bloke 
on your own yacht, but you've got chest pains and, you know, you haven't really enjoyed the ride. So, like, I, I, I sort of like people to think, I'd like people to think, well, what if I just went down to four days at my 50th birthday and then at my 60th birthday, went down to three days, maybe knocked it down to two at 70 and one at 80 and, you know, might... Because I think that the life expectancy is going to be way longer than what we're all predicting, especially if you're looking after yourself. So yeah. that, that feeds you back into what you do about... Well, it's not, you don't have to be rich tomorrow, right? It's, it's a very, very long race. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, but rich means... Rich, rich and being wealthy means different things to different people. So um, I, I, read, I read a great quote about wealth uh, earlier this year and, and, and it was... Um, it went along the lines that wealth in this person's definition of wealth 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 was about choice if i if i get up every day and i have a choice as to what i do even in its real real basic basic form um i'm a wealthy person and even with this what we're going through right now you know we're the choice to be able to go down to the beach the choice to be able to go and sit in the cafe, the choice to be able to in, you know, enjoy this beautiful country of ours has been taken away. And, and oh, so it's, it's less about money. It's less about materialistic things. It's about, I just want to have my health and have my freedom. And so again, it's, my point there is, um, you know, to, and to what you were saying, like it's, what, being, wealthy, being wealthy is, first of all, it's having your health. It's not about being on a yacht. Um, uh, and it's about having the choice. I mean, there's a lot of other people in other countries that don't have the choice to go and do anything. You know, they don't even have the choice to go and turn on the tap and have running water, you know? So it's about, it's, it's about getting the balance, a balance right. And, and the other thing to your point around working and what you choose to do, like I do wish at like you, like I wish that everybody out there had had that choice. Well, everyone does have a choice to pursue what their passions are, but sometimes you get into a situation where you've got responsibilities and you've got bills to pay and you've got a family to feed and you know, you will go and take on a job that you don't necessarily love because sometimes the going gets tough, the tough get going and you've got to do what you've got to do. Um, yeah, yeah. But outside of, outside of that, we only get one shot at life. So making, you know, you know, I, I want to be focused, um, you know, in my life, I, I want to be focused on the things that I, that I absolutely love, you know, and, you know, obviously got a lot of other passions in life, but, um, generally around sport, you know, surfing, <laughs> surfing. Jumping out of planes. Yeah, I've done that a few times. But, but, but I mean, obviously, you know, later in, in more, more recently, you know, family as well. But I mean, I, I want to, I can't, I mean, I've already, my, my daughter's two and I've already bought her a, you know, a, a foamy, foamy surfboard, which I just pull her along the sand on. But I mean, I, I want to, They'll, they'll figure out what they love doing too. But I, if they, if they love the things I love, then we can get to go and do it together, you know, but, but it's about, it's about having those other, other interests and other passions in life. Um, and I love your comment about the retirement thing. I mean, I, I truly love watching others in life die doing what they did when they were, when they were 40, 50 and 60, because they, 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 they never looked at it as work. They did it for as long as they could, you know, Actors and actresses, they don't retire. Warren Buffett, who, you know, many people wouldn't know, he, but some people would, he's the most, he is, he is the most successful investor known to man. Um, he's 87 years of age. I had the privilege of going and listening to him speak uh, a, a few years ago um, at, the, at the AGM of his Oh, of his did company. you go Jack? Yeah, yeah right. Ber Berkshire Hathaway. Um, but he's 87 years of age and he, and he, and he still gets up, puts his suit on and goes into the office every day. Cause it's what he loves to do. But doesn't that change? If you've got that mindset, Andrew, that changes. If I'm sitting there with you, you don't have to like the, the advice changes, right? Because if, if you're looking at someone who goes, well, I'm actually going to earn till I'm 80 or 90. Then I look at that, that the trickle on effect of that is, well, that means, yeah, well, maybe you can go on that business class trip to Hawaii this year because the investment doesn't need to be as great because the retirement date's not as early. Do you know what I mean? That's the way I look at life. I, like, I look at things a little bit differently. Um, I, I would, I want to know like, cause things can happen, you know, uh, that change that view that you, you know, I'm going to be working till I'm 80 and sometimes things happen that we don't know about and, and that we don't plan about. And, and, 
and that this is a whole nother topic altogether, but I think that's why people shouldn't ignore insurance the way that they do because yeah, yeah. things like income protection, life insurance, trauma insurance, etc. If, 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 if something happens that you don't plan for, um, those things are in place to protect you and your family so that, you know, um, you can continue to receive an income for the rest of your life. But, but yeah, just my view is probably a little bit different. Like I just want to, before I start probably, um, uh, being, being a little, little more extravagant in certain areas. Like I, you got to, don't get me wrong. You've got to live and I don't, and I do, I'd be, I'd be a hypocrite or I'd be lying if I said, Oh, I don't drive a nice car now and I don't have a nice watch or like little things like little rewards because we are working so hard along the way or a trip yeah. family holiday these days. Um, but I just, I just, I, I just want to make sure that I've got whatever I've got my plan that is, you know, if I do this and I put away this, I will get to my financial freedom or financial independence uh, at a particular point in time. And, and if, if that still means that along the way I've got, I can direct money to other things that I enjoy, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But I also, I also want to make sure that, you know, I want to get to that point where I'm working for the love of it. Um, not because I have to, which basically means I've effectively got enough money in the bank to fund my family's living needs, you know, for, for the rest of their lives. I call it, mate, I call that the second coffee, the second coffee rule. You know, where oh, okay. you, it's, uh, you, we've all seen that, like, you know, when, you know, you, you're probably like me, you get a, go grab a coffee on the way to work and you run in, you're running out, you, you read half a page of the back page sports while you're waiting for your coffee. But then there's, there's always that, like, that guy, that girl that's sitting over there, they're, they're, they're sifting through the paper slowly and the, the waiter or waitress comes over, would you like a second coffee? And like, yeah, well, why not? I'll, I'll get that second coffee. I'm not going to rush anywhere. You know, I've got myself sorted. So I always look at that. You want to get to the, you want to be that second coffee person where you're just cruising, you're taking your time, you don't have a worry in the world, you know, you just, uh, you've got those choices. But, um, mate, mate, can I, hey, t- tell me this with a three and a five year old because I've got a two year old and a six month old. Yeah my, yeah. my biggest issue around being able to read the bloody, have a coffee and read the paper and have my bacon and eggs these days is not because I've got to be somewhere, it's because uh, someone, someone, someone's screaming in the background or, or um, <laughs> you know, eating something they shouldn't be eat, eating off the floor like does, when, when does that change mate because it's killing me at the moment Wait, you're asking the wrong person i mean i'm still in the i'm still in the middle of the hurt locker in saying that oh. it's getting a little, it's getting a little bit easier but um but i think you've got to strap in for a little bit longer if i'm being honest oh, no. <laughs> this is this is the worst thing about isolation is there's no there's no babysitters oh, my I, know, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know but uh hey mate thank you so much mate that has been brilliant like i know that you do this for a living and, and what we've, what you've spoken to us about today is, you know, probably uh, it's, you know, it's, it's ABC for you, but I guarantee there's listeners out there with notepads and who have fundamentally shifting the way they're starting to approach the way they want to grow their wealth. And I, and, and I hope if nothing else that the listeners out there are starting to realise and, you know, I'm not getting paid by Andrew to say this and I'm not just promoting Andrew. I, I, I've had plenty of advisors on here. I just would love everyone out there to, to start thinking about that vision for themselves and what their dreams are and then to maybe start to think about going through that process of getting someone, you know, in your corner that can work you, you know, be there, be, be there through the good, the bad and the ugly and help you achieve, you know, all, all the goals and outcomes you want. So, mate, yeah. I know you've got the kids so much. I want to say thanks again for mate, not only today but all the, all the education that you, you provide all of us um, for so many years. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And just, just on that, I'll probably beat you to the punch of if, if your last question was how do people find me? Cause um, as we were talking about it earlier, like, you know, I am, I am a big, I'm a big sharer. I, I you know, always wore my heart on my sleeve and, and I love, I love the use. I, I'm a big user of, of LinkedIn. I, I put a lot of videos up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm a big user of Instagram and both of them are just Andrew Hewison one word. If anyone has, if anyone finds me there after today and they've got any questions about anything, how do I set a goal? Like just anything. If I can't answer it, I'll be upfront about it, but um, just send me, send me a, write a comment, send me a message on either one of those two platforms. Uh, and, and I'll be more than happy to, uh, to keep the conversation going.
Hey, what you got to do, guys, Andrew, I love your Monday morning, your Monday morning bids, they, they fire me up. So if you're the, mon- the, mon- the Monday hustle, <laughs> the Monday hustle, I love it. I love it. So guys, you've got to get onto the Monday hustle. If you're just sort of potting around Mondays and what it will do, if you want to get in touch with Andrew, his email is andrew at hewison, which is h-e-w-i-s-o-n.com.au or the office line is zero three eight five four eight four eight double zero. So Andrew, mate, you are a champion. I'm, not, I'm in there with you again. I, I'd love to have you back. You know, let's, let's let this dust blow over and mate, um, when we're back to normal, I'll grab you back on because I know there was a there was a stacks of gold in there for the listeners, buddy. All right, mate, I'd love to. Thanks so much for your time. There you go, guys. That's a wrap on another podcast and thanks for bearing with us through my scratchy audio. I uh, hope you got your notepad out there and I hope you sort of just sat back and listened to that thinking, okay, well, there's people out there that do this stuff for a living and, and maybe that your wealth and, and your finances are potentially better off in the hands of someone who's experienced and does it day in, day out. And don't, don't get me wrong, you can go it alone, absolutely. But uh, I personally like the idea of, of getting the best team that you can in your corner, whether it's a, a mortgage broker, it's a financial advisor, it's an accountant, or ideally all, 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 all of the above, and just making sure that there's another set of eyes looking over your plans for your future and your family's future. So guys, thank you so much for bearing with us, especially through that dodgy audio. Take care. Have a good week. Look forward to catching up on the podcast next week. If you haven't already, please do us a favor and subscribe. And if you're feeling friendly, leave us a little rating. That'll just help us uh, skyrocket up the podcast rankings and get more people access to more financial and life education through this podcast. Thank you very much. Take care.